0: This is episode number 65, Invite Others In, with Stephen Lands. Welcome, my name is Oleg Lohid, and this is the Overcoming Odds Podcast, where you get a glimpse into the stories of individuals who overcome adversity, suffering, and struggle in achieving their personal success. This podcast was built by you and for you to help you overcome adversity, struggle, and challenges in achieving your fullest potential. Before we get into today's episode, I'd like to make a brief announcement and invite all of our listeners to an upcoming event in Austin, Texas called Where Do You Belong? This is an event where we'll have three speakers each one will be focusing on a specific aspect of belonging, and sharing their own personal discoveries and journey of how they've been able to develop a relationship with themselves, a relationship with their community. In addition to hearing the stories, you'll also get a chance to connect with all of the other attendees who are going through a similar journey that you are. For more information, please go to overcomingodds.today/where. Do you belong? Now, let's get back to our guest. Have you ever hit rock bottom in your life? He said, I got to a point where I wasn't going to be able to pay my rent. I sat down and weighed my options. I said, I could try to find a job real quick, Uber or something, but realized that it wasn't going to be enough. I wasn't going to go to my parents. I told myself, I'm not going to do that. I realized that I was in a position where I did need help. Without further ado, please welcome Stephen Lands. Welcome back to another episode of the Overcoming Outs Podcast. Today's guest is a good friend of mine, Stephen Lands, who is part of a firm called Forty Nine Financial, and I wanted to bring him onto this show because a week ago, I believe that's how long it was, we started to have this conversation about finances and how that particular field is so interesting in so many different aspects because there's so many assumptions that are made Mm -hmm. as far as when you're in school, the assumption is that, well, you know how to do X, Y, and Z, therefore, there's no point of even talking about it. Mm -hmm. So I wanted to bring you onto the show and really discuss the different areas and the question that I wanted to start this off with is, how does being vulnerable regarding your finances open doors to other areas in your life? Yeah. Um, well, first of
1: all, Oleg, thank you for even having me on your show. And uh, it was a fun conversation last week. And uh, you know, what spawned that question in the first place is, uh, I guess I shared with you, the reason I even stepped into finance was because um, for me and, and for you and doing Overcoming Odds, life is about people and impact more mm-hmm. than anything else. And Finance was a field that I enjoy, and it was also a platform where I could work with people. Mm -hmm. And I told you, I stepped into this just simply because when I start having conversations with clients or potential clients about their own finances, it's funny that from that, the door actually opens up to, to speak a lot more about life in general. And so, you know, your question of, you know, how does being vulnerable regarding your finances open those doors you know, it, it, I think it starts with, one, that finance is such a personal conversation, mm-hmm. right? And and why that is, is, y- you know, you can come up with several answers. I think, one, finance is a big part of just living your life, right? Yeah. Where you need those for just the resources of everyday living, but then even more so for whatever else you want to buy. And um, for better or worse, I think a lot of people dictate their success with how much money they make. Mm-hmm. And... Um, because of that, people are much more closed off about talking about their finances. And so um, whether those who are doing good Mm -hmm. or or, or those who are are, are struggling, you don't want to get down to the net and grid of what that actually looks like. And Mm -hmm. so um, why it's vulnerable, I I thought of a few things. One, a, a quote from James Frick, it says, don't tell me where your priorities are. Show me where you spend your money, and I'll tell you what they are.
0: Mm-hmm. Right? And yeah. so um, actions speak louder than
1: words. Actions speak louder than words. And, and looking at more, even even some scripture, if we're going on the religious side, it says in Matthew 621, for where you tre- your treasure is, there your heart will also be. Hmm. So just in, in both of those, where we spend our money is, is what we cherish right Mm -hmm. is what we go for and so such anytime you're talking about something one that's vulnerable that's that's private Mm -hmm. in order to open up about that you've got to just step in and say okay I trust the person across the table and when you open that door of trust it it inevitably opens all the other doors and as you continue to form a relationship around this one topic of, of finance that is vulnerable and private I start learning more about where you're spending your money what you're doing which then inevitably tells me more about what you like what you care about which mm-hmm. which opens up doors and over here okay if you care about tithing or giving back to the community where are you giving that money towards mm-hmm. uh, you learn about organizations or things like that match mm-hmm. passions that matter to them and, and then you get ask okay well why is that important to you hmm And then, you know, that opens a whole door for for you. If I sat there and said, hey, a lot of your resources, time and money goes into overcoming odds, why is that? Mm -hmm. And then you go from there and and you learn so much about somebody. So Mm -hmm. um, one, I think it's vulnerable just because we as a culture have made it private which I guess is a discussion point of how public should we be with our finances. Mm-hmm. Um, so one, I think that's why it's 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 a vulnerable topic. It's so personal. A lot of this world dictates success off of finances, and so, um, and then a lot of what we do stems from our finances. So I get to learn more about what you enjoy, mm-hmm. and 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 I believe that comes at a place of vulnerability.
0: Really interesting point in regard to how private should we be, should we be regarding finances? Mm-hmm. Because I think if you take that a step farther, it's, it's really a question that it's applicable to any area of life. Yeah. How private should you be to share your story? How yeah. private should you be with your relationships? And I think the way that I want to answer that question for myself is I think you get to decide that. Yeah. Because you are the only one that gets to decide, well, what's the purpose of me sharing that story? Mm-hmm. Am I sharing that story to help others better understand the pitfalls? Uh, or the challenges that you experienced during that, or am I just sharing it for the sake of sharing it? Yeah. So it really goes back on a personal decision of wanting to share, but really defining why are you sharing it. Yeah,
1: Yeah, that's, that's a great point. It's going to be different for anybody and everybody, right? Mm-hmm.
0: And I, I don't think the
1: answer is to be posting your financial situation <laughs> online and, and letting everybody see your budget and everything that you're doing, right? Um, of course, if you'd like to do that, by all means... Um, What I love, um, one, even when you bring in speakers, when people come to a place of vulnerability and they open up and share, it it shows others, one, that they're not alone in their struggles or or their successes. Um, You know, sometimes people tell you the rich are the loneliest people. Mm -hmm. Well, so the vulnerability there is important. At at the same point, when you're you're struggling financially, sometimes you, you think you're the only one struggling. Yeah. So there's a full spectrum, it doesn't matter where you stand on that, um, that some type of vulnerability I feel is necessary, because it is a personal topic, I think you should be sharing that stuff with the people you trust most, and, mm-hmm. and in life, again, I think community is so important in life, right, mm-hmm. where, um, you know, with whatever is important to you, I think you should be inviting others in to help you reach that goal. mm and so, if, if financially, if I'm trying to reach X goal, I'm not going to be able to do that alone. And having and inviting those I trust in, who, who care about me, and want to see me succeed, those are the people that you want in, right? If, mm-hmm. if there's people who who want to see people that are really going to help you, yes. If if you invite people in who are, are don't like you and want to see you fail. Good things aren't going to come from that but those who care about you and want to see you succeed invite those in they're going to provide you accountability in what you're doing Um, sometimes we're afraid to let people in because it it, you feel like you're gonna have to change your lifestyle and your habits sometimes that's necessary other times not so much but if you're trying to succeed in something you need help doing it and so i would i would turn to those you trust most and and those even who are a little bit more experience in the financial side of things. Mm -hmm. People you look up to that say, they're good stewards of what they've been given. I I, I should open up and share and just ask more questions about what they're doing so that I can replicate that in my own life.
0: Because you don't know what you don't know. Mm -hmm. Have you ever struggled financially? And if so, can you recall a moment where you literally hit rock bottom (laughs) and you had no clue where to go?
1: Yeah, that's a good question. So my job is handling other people's money uh, did, have I done a good job in being a good steward of my own? Um, I have, um, I, well, and let me say this, I come from a, a good family, a mom and dad who have done so much in providing for my twin brother and myself. Mm-hmm. And I, you know, I did not go to sleep hungry and, 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 and I did not have to worry about that. When I stepped into the real world, I had some support from my parents but then there was a point in my life where I said you know what I want to be able to provide for my own and I want to if I have to struggle struggle and so I remember in starting my own career um, (laughs) there there wasn't much money coming in Mm -hmm. I uh, actually I even remember my um, company issued me once a a check for zero dollars really and I got that check and I looked and I, I thought to myself, well, this is stupid. You spent more money printing, piece printing of <laughs> the piece of paper to tell me that I'm not getting a, a, a paycheck this month. And, um, you know, I got to a point where I, I, I wasn't able to pay rent, um, which when... What, what did you do? I, I, I turned to... I, I Actually, I sat down and I weighed my options. Um, I said... I could try and find a job real quick, just to Uber or something to pay those dollars, but I realized that wasn't gonna be uh, enough. Um, I wasn't gonna go to my parents. I told myself I'm not gonna do that, but I realized that I was in a position, in a corner where I did need help. And we just talked about inviting people in. Mm -hmm. Um, I looked at my brother, um, went in my room and, and, you know, Knowing him so well and, and each other, we can kind of tell with the demeanor we approach conversation, wh- whether it's serious, funny, or whatever it might be. And, and he could just see the expression on my face. And and I said, hey, um, Brandon, I um, I need help financially. Um, you know, I, I still am trying to get this off the ground and, and I'm struggling. And um, I, I, I think $2,000 is, is the amount I, I need. Would you be willing to help me with that and um again i talk about vulnerability Like that was not easy to approach and ask for money Mm -hmm. like there's a sense of pride within myself that that did not want that to happen but um i I realized again that i need help i need somebody there and um, he looked at me and he said well the short answer is yes i'll help you um but there are stipulations and so i said Absolutely. Um, you let me know what I need to do and I'll do it. And um, it, wasn't, it wasn't work. It wasn't anything like that. He actually he had me sit down. And he said, you need to create a budget.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: You need to tell me what lifestyle and where this money is going and, and why you got into this predicament and, um, and, and how you're going to get out of it. And so um, that was some of the best hard love I've gotten. And I say hard love. He did support me financially, but it wasn't easy going down, sitting down. It was uncomfortable looking at where I was spending my money, the things I was buying, um, whatever it may be. And it's not like I overspend, right? Mm-hmm. But, you know, if you even sit down and realize you cut off a if you go to Starbucks every day of the week and even just get a coffee that's two bucks, well, that that adds up, right? Ten dollars, but over the, yeah. the life of a a year, that adds up. And um, if you just either buy and make coffee at your house, or if you just wait till you get to the office, and sure it's not as good, but (laughs) it it gets the job done, Yeah, the money that you save. And I got to take a reality check on my own habits and realize that there were areas in my life I needed to cut out for now. Mm -hmm. You know, you've gotta make sacrifices in different parts of life. I think uh, we, we are in a materialistic world where everybody wants everything. Um, you see your, your friends on trips and you think, man, I want that. Um, you, you see some of the things that people buy or whatever it may be and think you, you deserve that, a little entitlement. But in reality, if you're not in a position to financially afford that, then let's take some sacrifices early on in life. Get to a place where we're either out of debt, whatever it may be, and then um, enjoy that when you actually have the ability to do so, so I cut some things out of my life that I was spending my money on that I didn't need to. Um, I budgeted and um, I got to a place and work was starting to to go better for me, and I got to a place where um, I could pay him back and mm-hmm. still pay my rent for the next month. And, and so I wrote him a check and a letter and just said, you know, I'm thankful for the hard love you gave me. I'm thankful that uh, you decided to to help me out here, and and I haven't been in that place since. And so. Um, I think my pride was hurt more than anything else. And, mm-hmm. and, and looking back on that, um, I'm thankful that I had somebody that I trusted and open up to, and, and they invited me in. If, there were, if it was somebody else, I don't know the reaction um, that they would have had or what they would have done, but I know that my brother cared about me. He wanted to see me
0: succeed, and so he helped me out. Mm-hmm. Take me a little bit back, because I'm really curious about just the whole that whole journey and like that mm-hmm. that experience when you were about to pick up your phone or whichever way that you got in touch with your brother mm-hmm. I'm with, I'm going to assume that there was some pride oh, yeah. and ego <laughs> and you probably asked yourself multiple times okay am I can I really do this yeah why am I about to come how did you get to that breaking point where you stopped doubting about your own ability or what he may think of you Mm -hmm. which you really have no clue of knowing Mm -hmm. until you tried to a point where you said screw it i'm just going to call and see what happens yeah you know there's a little bit of unknown in every decision we make in life
1: Mm -hmm. right and one i i think if you're not taking risks and this is across the board and stepping into to places of vulnerability and uncomfortability what growth is even happening in your life? And, you know, I'm not saying we have to live a life of uncomfortability forever, but I, I think it's okay for us to to recognize that we're struggling somewhere or recognize that, hey, that might not be a strength of mine, but I'm going to take a risk and, and jump. In this case, it was the unknown of how my, my brother would react. And when I, I sat there and I just, I kind of just, what brought me to this point, I mm-hmm. reflected before he even made me he actually made me dig even deeper with what i told you of just him making me budget and everything um and then i i just i I, I weighed the pros and cons i realized and i had to get over the insecurity of pride and 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 realize that you know what i messed up it's okay to admit to mess up we all do no one's perfect um in fact if you're not making mistakes i don't think you're trying hard enough uh and you're not learning yeah you're not learning and so recognizing that and, and shoot, when, when the bill comes up and you can't pay it, like that really just forces the hand, right? And sometimes I think we need our hand forced um, to, to actually step out and do something. So that was forcing my hand. I reflected. I said, man, this is what got me here. I realized I couldn't dig myself out of this hole. And then I said, okay, who in my life do I trust because um, I, I haven't actually shared that with anybody. And, um, you know, I'm, in, I'm in, in some groups where I talk with guys and, and we get vulnerable about things. I haven't shared the fact that I couldn't pay a bill once and I had to um, ask for help. And so that's, 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 that is a vulnerable piece in me. And so knowing that, that I did not want to admit something like that, I, I knew I had to turn to somebody I trusted. My brother has always wanted the best for me. We've lived a lot of life together, and I trust him. And I knew that he was going to hold me to a higher standard than I wanted to hold myself to. And so I didn't know how he was ultimately going to react. Uh, he might have bit the bullet and say, no, man, I'm going to let you struggle through this one because you're going to be better off for it. Um, and so I guess I, I just realized that I needed to turn to somebody who cared about well, me. What would you have done if he said no? Man, I would have. I would have probably dug through my closet i would have probably found some things that i needed to sell um some you know it would have been extremely knocked to the pride if i would have to sell my car or something like that Um, i think ultimately i would have turned to the bank and asked for a small loan um which again you talk about pride that would have been something that would have been hurt my ego but um Again, the risk in that for the first time, probably not as high. I would have to pay some interest back on that. So it was just, there was a lot of options I could have, not a lot of options, but there's some things I could have done differently. Um, but I decided that, you know what, I didn't need to leave this private because I got here because I kept my finances private.
0: Mm. I kept
1: my spending habits private. And mm-hmm. if I would have gone to the bank, I would have had no accountability in the future. They would have made me pay that loan and paid off the interest, and then I could have go back No to lesson it. learned. No lesson learned. I knew that if I turned to him, there would be accountability in the future. Um, And so I said, again, I have to get more public with this because I don't want to be in the same spot in -hmm. the future. So that's ultimately when I looked at that. And and just advice from other people. Not necessarily in asking advice for that, but you can ask questions to get an answer for a different question you don't really want to ask, right? So that's kind of what I did and and
0: realized, okay, i got to invite somebody in on this. He's the one I trust the most. That is incredible. What, what's incredible what, about what you just said is saying how you have to, you made that part of you public to invite other people in mm-hmm. and, and have them help you. And I think what's interesting about what I've learned throughout this journey is that it, it's during those moments where you do swallow the pride and you do swallow the ego which I think all of us have it's just oh, yeah. we some of us have managed to find ways to deal with it and, and it's not necessarily you lower it but it's more so you don't put that as a priority mm-hmm. it always exists because it's. I think it's ingrained within every one of those and it's not to say it's a bad thing it's, it's just like any other habit that you develop it's what is that habit and how is how is it playing a role or a part of who you are mm-hmm. you know so I appreciate you sharing this yeah. as part of who you are. The follow-up question that I have is, do you remember the exact amount you had in your bank?
1: I had $200, yeah. It was like $234. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, that was not going to cover rent, gas, or food by, um, by the end of the month. Mm-hmm. I think I had a week left.
0: Mm-hmm. The, the, the direction that I'm so curious about right now is, you know, we're talking about people and how they're impacting us but really, I think the area to focus on from this particular point is how we have developed assumptions within our society yeah. that finances is just, it's one of those things that you know, yeah. which is very difficult to understand because when you think about you're born, you're being taught how to speak English. Mm-hmm. You're being taught how to do certain things. But somehow this concept just gets slipped under the rug <laughs> when it's like you're somehow taught that from birth. Mm-hmm. Before you are born, you're naturally programmed and given all of this state stuff okay this is how you do income statement balance sheet which is that's just not the case and then you go to college and then the assumption is that you're going to get taught there Mm -hmm. but really as you shared with me I think last time we were talking when you had to do that project senior year Mm -hmm. that happened four years down the road yeah and that was entirely a hypothetical yeah what was what was going to happen if you got a job can you imagine if you started freshman year You did that exercise, Mm -hmm. and in a way, you painted the roadmap for who you wanted to be Mm -hmm. and the profession that you wanted to go after. So by the time you get to your fourth year, you might have actually attained that job. You have some lived lived experience Mm -hmm. of how much the grocery bill actually is, how much it costs to get to work, how much you actually make, Mm -hmm. and then it becomes more practical. So the question is, like, why is it that the assumption – that we know what finances are and how to deal with it, and how does that just get swept under the rug for so many generations Yeah, that you just don't even ask the question of, well, do I even know how to manage my own budget? Yeah, It's assumed that you do. And when you do fail, which puts you in the space of, okay, now I have to front my own demons, mm-hmm. and I have to have that conversation with my brother or my mom or whoever for why I didn't manage this aspect well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah education when it comes to finances
1: and um, you know I think there's a lot of education that we get is good, but i again, I think there is a system that tends to be broken in in what we're educating and you know I see some some Jokes online, or whatever it may be, is like, I'm really glad I learned about an obtuse triangle instead of how to pay my taxes next <laughs> month. Um, and so you know, yeah, where is the the miss? And you know, that's a whole nother story. And, and I really do believe that we, we need to stop joking about that and actually find a way to start implementing finances into education. Because I, like I told Jim, the only time I actually sat down and did a budget was my class, uh, my accounting class, senior year of college, Um, and and it's mainly because I was a finance major in the the business school and took an accounting class that ended up having a teacher that wanted to teach that. Uh How many other people in life never got that? And um, I remember my parents even back in high school, put me and my brother through uh, another financial learning class that was separate from any school education my high school public school was giving me. It was one they found online and thought that was a good idea, and it was. And I learned some things in there. Uh, Never had to put it into practice, so it never stuck with me. But um, you know, they had to go through hoops and hurdles to find that for me. And so we've gotta do something different about our education system, one. But I think the other assumption that that is, is is wrong in our society and again finances are personal so we don't talk about it enough but because of that we just assume that someone's parents is teaching them their financial side of things assuming that they know finances themselves exactly and you know unless you come from uh, an affluent family who has just dove into finances chances are that you're not getting that education but we're gonna go ahead and assume that you are so it's just it's a continuous spiral down of well they're going to teach them. Oh wait, they don't know. So who, who is? And so um, that's one why I think we need to make finance a little bit more public of a, of a discussion within your community. And, um, you know, other than that, who, who's teaching, who's learning? I mean, you've got to, I had to go out and, and find that elsewhere than within my own household, sometimes to, to, to learn. Right. And so, it's a big miss in our society in, in not talking about it more. And, and who talks about it uh, or who can be the, the conversation starter? I think we have to take it on ourselves to, to have those conversations a little bit more. You mm-hmm. know, you're, you're sitting around a campfire with somebody, you're sitting around the dinner table. It's fun to talk about life areas we're struggling in, but force the issue. Said, hey, man, financially. I was curious about this. I was looking at doing something in my own life, implementing something. Um, you know, what have you done? And, and just see where the conversation goes and, and, oh, I do X, Y, and Z, oh, that's a good idea. Or, you know what, I haven't really thought much about that. I'll tell you what, keep me accountable. I'm going to do some research on that. You do some research on that. Let's come back and let's discuss it next week.
0: Huh. Well, with that, there's a, lot, there's a huge level of courage that needs to happen just based on my yeah. own experience. And I think the other thing that's interesting about what you just said is... It is a such an interesting cycle of where that happens, and it's very hard to identify. Mm-hmm. Does it really happen at home? But then what, what is, does it always happen at home? Or is there another point? And so I think when you get into that position, the question that I've been curious about for in the past couple of weeks is, why do we as humans struggle talking about the things that we're going through? Yeah. We're all going through battles. Oh yeah. You're going through a battle right now. I'm going through a battle Mm -hmm. right now. Every single person. So why is it that we choose not to talk about it when really we know that deep inside of us, the way we solve that is by allowing other people in. Yeah. The answers are within us. It's all about allowing you to tap into me so I can discover those answers. Yeah. Ask me a question that I haven't been asked before. Even if it's the same question that has been asked a hundred times, but this time it may be with a slightly different twist yeah. from a slightly different angle from a person that I may not know as well as my mom or my brother or, mo- or whoever else. Mm-hmm. So it's it's. I love your point about making it public enough that you can allow other people to come in and ask you mm-hmm. some of those questions. But then the assumption goes is, do they even know which question to ask? How much information do you give them Yeah. to build a foundation to ask that type of question.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, mobilizing people to, to ask those questions. And, and, I, you know, I'll tell you what, I think fear is the biggest factor in all this, and I think it cripples us to actually mobilize. Mm-hmm. And I think it is from a lot of preconceived notions in our own mind. And you fear what they're going to think of you. Mm-hmm. You fear, are they going to judge me? Um, you fear that you're the only one going through something like this, and, and that fear keeps us from taking the appropriate steps that we need to take to help us out in that situation, whatever it is. Mm-hmm. If it's um, if it's money, if it's if it's something that happened within our childhood, if it, it's if it's insecurities, whatever it may be, fear mm-hmm. keeps us from actually speaking about that. And uh, you and I actually talked about this last week too. Um, I think therapy and therapists and speaking with them are is, is so underrated in today's society, yeah. in that just vocalizing something, mm-hmm. there's a sense of peace and baggage that you're you're putting on the ground and you're saying I don't want to carry yeah. this anymore. But again, fear keeps us. What if someone? What are they going to think if if they learn I'm going to a therapist or, or or whatever it may be? And so that keeps us from actually taking those steps. Mm-hmm. My challenge for a lot of people is you never know unless you try and that's one why I say you got to choose somebody that you trust um, simply because if, if you want to take a step into the unknown you got to turn to those who tr- you trust and in, in that um, they're going to welcome you within that and, and that's not going to be always the case there's going to be sometimes there's people that you thought you could trust and, 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 and turned out the other way into that I, it pains my heart to see that because that's going to cripple them from actually taking the step down the road Mm -hmm. Um, but I will also say if if somebody that you trust reacts uh, negatively towards something or judges you improperly for something how good of a friend were they in the first place yes you know yes and so I think there was more gained from that because if there's something later down the road that's even bigger that person was never going to be there in the first place for you you learned that here I love that so um, I, I feel like we live too much of our life in a state of fear, of judgment, of what people are going to think. And I think that cripples us. But my challenge to a lot of people, like I said, is just take that step of faith. Mm-hmm.
0: And you're going to be
1: amazed what can come from
0: it. Mm-hmm. I love that point. Recently, I had to make a, a hard decision where I had to cut out a certain person out of my network. And it, it really just came down from me sitting and evaluating what is this ask that he's asking of me? And, and what is what is there beyond that? Mm-hmm. So I look back at a whole relationship, um, friendship, and it really just made me think, I was just there to fill space and time. Yeah. The conversations that we have had have never been so deep that it really made me think about this person and how they're impacting me. Mm-hmm. It's always me reaching out to them, and, and it's kind of sharing parts of myself. But through it, I've just learned that there are only a handful of people. This is a message my mom had shared with me many, many years ago. She said that throughout your life, you're only going to have a handful of people who you can really trust yeah. and who are really your friends. And at that time, I was a teenager. I was like, how <laughs> is that possible? I can leave you 50 right now yeah. that I'm friends with. But then, you, as you grow and you do start to have a lot of these areas that you that are challenging, and you have to fall back on certain people, you have to fall back on your supporting cast, mm-hmm. and then you start to ask them that question: Can you help me? Mm-hmm. Can you help me? Can you help me? And then you start to kind of strike out people. Mm-hmm. People are like, Nope, can't do it. Mm, no way. And so you started to look at I think the relationships, and it's like what. What was the purpose of this all along? Was I just filling in the space or vice versa? Mm-hmm. But you, you are right. It's the earlier you can identify that, the better you are. Yeah. Because as you go closer towards your goals, it only gets harder. Yeah. yeah, that's the truth. And as it gets harder, you have to be able to identify the people within your team that can mm-hmm. really help you get there. There's a quote by um, Bill Gates. I, I don't remember the specifics, but he said it took him it took 900 people that he had to go to to show his uh, to share his idea, and then he essentially just boils it down to it took uh, 100 people to show a business plan. To 50 people were were only 50 people were interested in having a follow up conversation, and then long story short, five or ten that made him a billionaire. Mm-hmm. and you look at the whole hierarchy it took that many people yeah and then from there look how many were interested in. yeah. and then beyond that how many people were actually there so i love that point of just knowing who you trust and being very selective mm-hmm. of the people that you have within your circle yeah
1: you are who you surround yourself with mhm and you know, I, I find it a point to, to those who, my end goal, I, I want to, again, I told you, life is about people and impact more than anything else. And so I see everything that I do in today's world is building to something greater that I want to do. And sometimes I don't even know what that may be. Uh-huh. I'm 26. So, you know, I've got a, God willing, a lot of life to live. And and so I want to keep putting myself in a position where I can succeed whether it be financially, personally, or um, and, and just the, the people that I meet, because I know that more opportunities will come to serve. And and so if I am surrounding myself around people who all they want to do is just find the next happy hour and and watch the next Netflix series, there's nothing wrong with either of those, but that if that's what life is, what impact am I having? But if I'm surrounded by myself why, by people who are trying to obtain and be more ambitious with their goals well that's going to encourage me to continue to fight for mine and if bill gates gave up on even the hundredth person that he talked to i mean that's a lot of people it is where would our society be right now where would microsoft it it wouldn't be here And, and and so if he lived a life of fear if he valued people's opinions more than his taking a step into the unknown he would have never done something yeah, and I'm sure he had a community around him. Maybe not a large one, but but some people in his life who continued to encourage him to take the next step. And it's so, okay, you failed here. That's all right. Let's pick you up. Let's keep going. And um, I, I'd be curious. I'm sure there's something out there on that. But um, you know, we even mentioned this. There's no person out there that's a self-made millionaire. Yeah, it's you no know way. Even if the only person that took a chance on them was someone they never knew, and they had to go through every hoop and cranny to meet that person. They took a chance on you. Mm-hmm. And so it, it, you weren't self-made. Somebody believed in you. Mm-hmm. So, again, you need people around you. Just be smart with who that is. Mm-hmm. And and be okay with people in your life that you thought you trusted, mm-hmm. that you ended up not being able to the end. Because um, you're going to continue to live your life. It's going to
0: continue to go forward. And the right people are going to be there. A mm-hmm. couple points. What you just said, the first one is I'm a big believer in that how can others choose to believe in you when you don't believe in yourself? Ain't that the truth. It starts with who you are. It starts with your own narrative and can you really believe that you can do it? And then from there, I think you begin to attract other people on that path. The the second part is in cultivating the support group that you have around you. As I'm sure you have learned, you might've had a different experience compared to the one that I've had. And that is out of every 100 people, that's actually a very generous number. I would say, out of every thousand, you may hit one mm-hmm. that can really become a part of your five. Mm-hmm. So, how do you stay motivated? How do you how do you stay motivated on the, on the fact that it may take me a thousand or ten thousand interactions <laughs> just to meet that one person that I can really call a friend?
1: Yeah. Yeah, you're so right. If you even do a thousand, man motivation would die down quickly. And mm-hmm. I think that one, we have to re- realize and remember that motivation is fleeting. You've got to remember the decisions you make in those moments of being motivated and, and, and commit yourself to, to powering through those moments when that motivation is gone. Because you, you, know, you can watch as many motivation speeches as possible. When the, the going gets rough, you, you're questioning a lot of things. And so, one, what helps me is there's a bigger purpose in everything that I want to do. Mm-hmm. And, in, and we can call it stratum capability. It's this idea of you're able to look out six months, one year, 10 years, 50 years, 100 years down the road. Mm-hmm. And, and your goal and your dream then helps motivate what you're doing now, right? And, and so, you look at an Elon Musk. And no matter what your opinion on him is, he wants to colonize Mars, which dictates a lot of what he does in today's world with Mm -hmm. SpaceX, with solar panels, Mm -hmm. even with Tesla. If he got hung up on Tesla alone, that man would probably have quit and given up already. But he's got a bigger vision and hope in what he's trying to do down the road. He has stratum capability to know that the decisions he makes now will help influence the future. Mm -hmm. That drives you through Even if he doesn't get there. Even if he doesn't get there. Um, so even in a small thing of finding the community around you, have a bigger purpose in what you're trying to do in life, hang to that purpose, hang to that goal. I've got a book in front of me, uh, a little black book I carry with me everywhere I go. And, um, I, I wrote down one, uh, there's a stat out there that the chances of you hitting a goal increase substantially when you finally write it down. Mm. Not just make the goal, write it down. Mm -hmm. So I thought, you know what, I'm going to take that to the extreme. I'm going to buy a little black book. I'm going to write down my vision. I'm going to write down some values that are going to help me get to that vision. And then I'm going to write down a challenge. And um, am I good at keeping up with this thing? No, not all the time. But I've got it down here. And I wrote down my bigger vision and what I'm trying to accomplish, which is helping me in those times where it's tough to look back and say, hey, this is something I'm going to do. It's a bigger purpose in my life. And this right here, when I can look at this, it helps me push through those moments where the, the going gets tough. And um, and so, something as little as finding a strong community. Write down your goal: is I want to find a community within that is going to value my strengths here, here, and here. Um, who you know isn't necessarily just like me, but also is ambitious and want to have these goals in life. And and then, for me, I, I pray a lot. And, and, and that's something I do. I know for others that might look different, but by writing it down, by praying and, and, and thinking about it all the time, it motivates my heart to then move and go. Mm-hmm. I realign my goals each day when I look at this book and I read that vision. And I say, okay, that's why I woke up this morning. And then I go out and do it. So that's something I do. I think it's going to be different for everybody. But I think ultimately have a bigger purpose in what you're doing. And let that bigger goal
0: drive you through these small goals that sh- that help you get to that point. Essentially, de- develop a daily reminder yeah. of why you exist and what you are doing. Yeah. Final thought for today's episode, and that is, who and what are you grateful for today? Man, um,
1: let's go back to my mo- moment of vulnerability. Um, I am grateful for my twin brother, Brandon. Um, I would not be where I am in life without him. Um, I have a guy who's been by my side through through better or through worse. Um, we have um, pushed each other to, to greater heights, and um, we've even kept each other away from things that probably would have been very damaging and corrupting in, in our own lives. And uh, he's a godsend for me, and I'm just thankful for his uh, his love and, and, and staying by my side through times like that, that... Mm-hmm wasn't easy for me and um, and so again I think everybody needs somebody by them side community is 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 necessary it's purposeful you've got to let people in God gifted me with somebody who was born with me to do that but if you don't have that I would um, encourage you to find somebody who is and it takes time I've had them for 26 years <laughs> you know it took 26 years for us to develop a moment where I could go up and do that Um, So no, it'll take time. But I think everything, you got to take the next step. And so I'm grateful for Brandon, who's helped
0: me get to the point where I am today. How do you think that moment, I meant to ask this as a follow-up when you had first shared the story, how do you think that moment when you came to him and shared that um, problem that you were facing, how do you think that changed your relationship with him? Did it elevate it in certain ways that you were able to pinpoint as far as, I, I can't believe that out of a moment like that, We've become closer in X, Y, and Z area. Yeah. Great question. Um, sometimes when you're with somebody for a long
1: time, there's a sense of comfortability. And you just go through the same routines. And that moment reminded and and, and and made more security in the relationship for me to say, I trust you with this. And it got us out of the comfortability everyday living where he wasn't asking about my finances and things like that. He wasn't asking deeper questions to push me and drive me. After that moment of vulnerability, he's been asking me that. He's been keeping up with me for that. So it, it re-energized our relationship and asking tougher questions and keeping each other accountable. But it also said to him that I care, or I trust you enough that I'm going to be vulnerable with this. You can do the same to me, and it had brought up some other things that I didn't know about him, that he was struggling with.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And it, it was it ended up being Speaking a few of opening doors. Right? Come on, it's so. It's funny that everybody, I think, has that desire to open up and share. It takes one person to take that step, and then the other person is going to open up too. And you realize everybody, like you said earlier, is struggling with something. Open up the avenue to have that conversation, and it's going to be amazing to see where that relationship goes.
0: Mm. Steven, how do people find you? What are some of the things that you have coming up as part of your work, or just personally that people can stay in touch and get to know what you are doing and who you really are? Man, um, that's a great question.
1: I um, wish social media was a great avenue, but I'm really poor with posting on that. But uh, if you wanted to, I'm on there on Instagram primarily, Lands 16 um, is where you can check my life out on uh, a monthly basis because it's, uh, it's not an everyday one for sure. But, um, you know, ultimately – I don't know, on the notes or something, I'd love to give you my email and if you guys are interested in reaching out. Financial questions, whether you're doing well, whether you're struggling, I I love having those conversations. I love, um, I told you, I've got bigger goals in my life. I want to create a network that one day when um, something like this, even Overcoming Odds says, hey, we're doing a speech about X, Y, and Z, who are some people that you know that would be good? In impacting that and I say you know what I've got a client of mine who who does this on a regular let me introduce you so um, I love connecting with people I love hearing stories I love having deeper conversations
0: so uh, I'll put my email address on that feel free to reach out awesome well thank you so much for being a guest and sharing your story thank like, you LA, for having being me vulnerable also thanks for fun. giving me the avenue to to talk <laughs> Thank you all for listening to today's episode. I hope you enjoyed it as much as I did. If you haven't done so already, feel free to subscribe to our weekly newsletter so you can receive all of the latest episodes, featured stand-up and speak-up stories, and ways you can be involved with overcoming odds. Once again, thank you for listening, and we'll look forward to having you next week.